0: Roll for
1: initiative.
0: Welcome to the Honor Roll Podcast, the podcast that helps you level up your RPG tabletop, Martin Mush, and everything in between.
2: We're not better gamers than you, we just all have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your game,
0: because the only way to win at a role-playing game is is to to have fun. fun. I'm Ryan, the curmudgeon, and joining me, as always, is Carrie, the legend, and Jason, the favorite. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before we get into the gaming, we have a Patreon that, that folks... Help us keep this show on the air and cover they do. the costs of. How do you find it? It's at patreon.com on a roll podcast. It's on oh. the web. Yeah. And if you back us at certain higher levels, such as the wizard level, you get perks and free stuff. And one of those things is a shout out on the podcast. And at the highest level,
3: Ryan will come to your house and give you one high five. That is not true. Oh. <laughs> so let's talk about
2: our wizard level backers. Your wizard, Joel Eastland.
3: Oh. oh. He does look like Hagrid. A little bit. A little bit. A little In a bit. good way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he yeah. smells a little
0: like Hagrid. Whoa. In a good way. A, okay.
3: We've also
2: got Ryan Martin. Who could be a wizard.
0: Who could be a wizard. He could be. And Drew
3: Stevens, who likes to take a wizard.
2: Oh. Whoa. Okay, he told me that
3: he was a wizard once. I
2: would believe it. Yes. Yeah. Noah and, Coulter? And nobody knows about Noah. What about nobody him? Knows. Nobody knows. What about him? I'm, I mean, I'm assuming he's a wizard now.
3: It's true. Mm. He's at the wizard level.
2: Yeah, that's true. All right. Nobody
3: else?
0: Well, if you'd like a shout out, we'd love to give you one. And you can get one by helping us keep the show on the air at onarollpodcast.com. That's
3: our website. It's not our Patreon. That's true. <laughs> but you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash honor roll podcast. That's right. So when last we left our <laughs> intrepid
0: adventurers, we were sitting here at this table recording a podcast without Jason. It, that's true. We well,
3: new... the most important thing, though, that's happened in the last week is Carrie drinks Pepsi again.
2: I do drink Pepsi. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Carrie, you had given up Pepsi for lunch.
2: I did. I gave up Pepsi and potato chips. <laughs>
0: Yeah.
3: Have you had I've, potato chips yet? No, I haven't. Mm. Mm.
2: No, so I'm that thinking should've. after we're done recording, Shh. I may potato go buy
3: chips. Some. Yeah. Just gonna go buy. Interesting. Some. You should have told me. Chips. I would have brought chips. Oh, we then, could have had the chip cast.
2: Yeah, but the problem is, then all you guys would hear would be. Ow, ow. That's, that's some
3: beefy chips there. That is some beefy chips. The chips sounded an awful
0: lot like plastic.
2: Well, you know.
0: They're hearty. I, They're that was me opening the bag.
2: Her. Oh. Jeez, come on, guys. I gosh. forget those are
0: inelible. Yeah. Jason, what you been up to? We missed you last week. And well, by missed you, I mean didn't notice you were gone. I, I have... didn't notice y'all were here. I need
3: to listen to that podcast. It probably <laughs> wasn't a very good one, though. It was not. Uh, oh, my gosh. Fair.
2: Oh, my gosh, you two. I bet
3: Carrie gets to talk more.
2: A little bit. A little bit more? That's good. It was
3: not that good of a podcast. (laughs) You
2: know, I could be on my Twitch channel right now. Instead, I'm doing this. Uh.
3: So what you been up to, Jason? Well, the reason why I missed was because I had to work night shift all week. Oh, was that exciting? No, not really. But I did watch all of Umbrella Academy while I was on break. Ooh. It was really good. Yeah, it was. The only problem is every time I roll back from night shift, like... Like a lot of 40 year olds in a sort of dead end job who wishes that he'd accomplished a bunch of things in his life that he hasn't yet. <laughs> it really, you know, I always, I'm always down the weekend after that. You know what I mean? So I was kind of blah. I've kids. never worked nights, so I don't know what you mean. It, but, working I, nights but you as well. do know what it is to be in a job that you don't hate, but you know, you can't do any better. Yeah. Yeah. Or you would have already. I can do better and I'm gonna, so there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were doing the comedy. So what have you been doing other than believing that you can do better? Well, Carrie and I went to Conglomeration. We did. That has a great name, it if does. nothing else.
0: Yeah, th- so it's got some problems. Uh, the convention, they didn't allow you on a panel. That is true. The convention used to be really awesome. And then some things happened with their hotel, and they switched to being on
3: Easter weekend. Ooh.
0: And, and for some
2: th- reason, they've decided that's a good idea, and they're staying there.
3: Well, some people—well, let me rephrase that. A lot of people don't celebrate Easter, but most people celebrate something then. Right. Because it's a four-day weekend for a lot of people, whether you're eastery or not. Right. And there's a lot of people who follow other religions than like Christianity right. who celebrate that weekend, too. Right. Or there's people who just non-secularly like to hunt Easter eggs with their family. Fair. And eat ham. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. I like ham. Though there did used to be a really big convention in Atlanta this time of year. Oh, man. It had a really clever name that had something to do with sin. (laughs) And that was sort of the point of it. It was a sci-fi fantasy con, but there was a lot of nudity. Oh. Yeah, well. Well, the conglomeration
0: is not There
2: was not a lot of nudity. Conglomeration
0: is, is... is primarily a game, a ta- like a tabletop gaming convention. Cool. And Carrie had a table there with her art. Yeah. And uh, I was on a DM's panel and things like that. But when we were there in the past, there were like 50 people attending those panels. And this year it was like a dozen. And so I think that their schedule, you know, being on Easter weekend has really hurt the
3: convention. And that's unfortunate because it was a good convention. Well, it's a, fa- it's always a family weekend for me. So I probably would never make it to that. Uh, yeah. But no, we. It's supposed to be a good convention otherwise, right? Yeah, but I don't know if uh, the numbers make it
0: make it worth it for us to return to. We'll have to just see. because it's too far. It's, it's well, awful
2: far. It was far. Our, my table didn't do super well, right? So it didn't pay for itself, and that's always a big factor in doing yes. conventions.
0: Yeah, but it's hard to it's hard to make your money back on a table when there's no foot traffic. Absolutely, right? Yeah.
2: Um, but some good did happen. Oh, oh, that's right. There. Somebody
0: recognized yes, Carrie's um, voice.
2: We yeah, which was really weird. <laughs> We ran into two of our listeners, yes. so we're going to plug the podcast
3: they did. And you shared their picture, though, on um, the page. I right? did.
2: I did. They do a sci-fi podcast, and then they do a Star Trek pad, podcast, uh, and it's called Star Pod Log and Star Pod Trek.
0: And we're going to run a commercial for those two podcasts today on the show. We are. So you can hear what they're about and check them out if you like. Yeah, Absolutely. and they were they
2: were very cool people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, see? We're trading commercials. So, what have you been
3: doing, Ryan? Other than going to the con? Have you been working on gun belts? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I want to... When we're off the air, I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the gun belt before you go home because uh, we've...
3: So you said that y'all threw a bunch of paper on a fire and burn it and right start over from scratch
0: yeah you know we had Failed that right. problem we had a problem with a mechanic that required breaking apart other mechanics to fix Oof. so it was kind of a big overhaul so uh, we're gonna I'm gonna try and run a play test this coming weekend and see what happens but uh, it was kind of a big thing but the cool thing about it is that uh, in the process of breaking it Ashley the the guy who's who's my He's the mechanic the guy, project. right? Yeah, more than I am and he it kind of stumbled into an idea to make reputation work. Okay. That was unexpected and so that's kind of cool. So we'll see. We're going to see what happens and hopefully hopefully this will be the last
3: major break. I I have a lot of hope for the game one because as you know, it's it's <laughs> It's got a great concept, right. and a lot of the world-building is really good.
0: Alien, Aliens and robot cowboys riding dinosaurs in an interstellar Wild West. Yeah,
3: if there's not I, something there for you, I don't know what you, what you want. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's something, yeah. And I all the games that I've played have been fun. Yeah. Uh, the mechanics are straightforward in a good way, and I look forward to seeing what your new well, evolution did, is. Hopefully we didn't break it too much. We'll see. <laughs> Cool. Cool. Well, sounds great. I look forward to playing it.
0: Sounds good. All right. Well, then let's move to combat rounds.
3: Welcome
0: to combat rounds. What are we talking about this week? Today, we're talking about making history.
3: What?
0: So we're going to talk about... No, what? Making history. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about character histories and making them more better. And, and, and why. And why. And how. And how? how. when. How to do the what, what with the thing thing when you're done, oh, done. Oh, don't.
2: What? We're not going to say it like that, though. Really?
3: not so, yeah. Carrie has really good character histories. What's your... What? Uh, no, I do well, You don't. really do. Most of your characters have something, at very least, interesting about them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Name one. Name <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one. Exactly. exactly. Uh... Most of them have some sort of... I, I I like to call it a hook. Like, they're doing yeah. something that pulls other people in. Yeah, hooks are super important and for your they're history. Also, the things in your past tend to get expressed through play, and people find out.
1: Stuff mm-hmm.
2: there is. We've talked about this before. That having a secret as your character is only fun if somebody finds out. Oh, phew.
3: absolutely.
2: You know, and, and so you need to have a connection with another character so your those things can be found.
3: And, and you might develop that in play if you don't have it when you start, right? That's or better. or
2: what you do is I think I think a combination of both.
3: Well, um, let's back up and talk about what do you do? Yeah, where do to you make your characters? With a cool backstory.
2: Well, it depends on your setting. You know, sure. You obviously have to look at what type of game you're playing, what would work, you know. If you're, so that it should fit. If you're playing a vampire game, you don't want to make a D&D character. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you've got to make sure that you, you fit in the genre that the game runner is playing.
3: And um, I think that's even more important in-game. And one of the things I talk about is LARP, you play a traditionalist tabletop, you play a rebel. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you're different then. You're the the exception to the
0: rule. And in in Mush,
2: it's somewhere in between.
3: Right? I was going to
0: add that we also should consider uh, how you Making a character
3: that fits with your group of players out of character. I've made the mistake of making characters that did not fit with the group before. Right. They were super cool to everybody. Nope. Just
2: me. Yeah, (laughs) just you. Yeah. Um, I, I think that it is really important to look and see what's already in the game. Okay. Um and you either want to connect your character's history to somebody else's if you can, or connect it to something that's already happening in the game. Um the reason that I was kind of thinking about character how to make a character history is because, you know, I've started working on the new mush mm-hmm. that I'm helping create, the Adventures Not Wanted. And um in that history as we're pl- as we're working out the history of the town and the world i was kind of trying to think well, what kind of character do i want to play in this game mm-hmm. and i think it's really important to latch on to something in the game that's already established like it's been established in the universe that we're creating that makers of toys are important okay and so i was like i'm i'm going to i want to play in a, a toy apprentice like, how, how fun, and I've never done anything like that before. That would be fun. That could give me, um, that gives a lots of hooks. Almost gives anyway. you somewhere to go. Somewhere to an go. Apprentice. And I'm needed. Making right. a character that's needed. So is this goes
0: even beyond just, does our party have a healer yet?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you, that's not even, like, that is...
3: That's almost building the mechanics.
2: Yeah, that's the mechanic half. Like,
3: and that's I'm, we're only brushing on that. We're really yeah. This is that.
2: more about just your history, like who your mom was and why you disliked chocolate or whatever. <laughs> you know, um, I think that having hooks in a history is important. I think that your hooks don't always have to be super melodramatic
3: they can just be interesting
2: they can just be interesting i once played a werewolf that was allergic to chocolate and loved it right like that's ridiculous and that's that's a pun i i literally went the dogs aren't supposed to have chocolate mm. so i'm going to make a werewolf that can't have chocolate right um but i then built around that and made it actually interesting and fun and it it had meat to it
3: so and also along that is that that could easily be a frustrating flaw—not of not liking or being allergic to chocolate. Mm-hmm. So you have to make it fun for other people to interact with, not right. just dramatic.
2: Well, if you, let's say you're playing a character that's allergic to bee stings, mm-hmm. if you're never around bees, that's not It's fun, never going it? to come into play. It's not even that it's not fun. It's you've taken something that's just never in play.
0: You almost, you've wasted mechanics and wasted
2: history. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, when you could have made yourself allergic to chocolate or, or whatever it is. And, and so you've got to think about either if my character is allergic to bee stings, maybe I have an obsession with honey. Oh, okay. Or, so now you're going
3: to be exposed to bees.
2: Right. But you're going to put yourself, you know, or maybe my grandfather has a honey farm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, like you build something in that brings that danger, that that thing back into your history. So it's not just a side note.
3: One of the videos that John Wick put out a few years ago, he talked about how that DMs and players should consider a character backstory the way that you're telling the guy who's running the game what you want to play. As in, like, this is the kind of game I want to play, too. For example, I have a little sister that could be attacked. Mm -hmm. So I have a little sister that I'm taking care of. You know, if you want that sort of play then you put those things in, in your, your history, history so that they have something to do with it. And that's yes. not always intentional either. Like sometimes we put things
0: in our history and and we don't realize that what we're saying is we
3: want those
0: Here, things
2: attack up. my sister. Yeah.
3: So you should really, you should be thoughtful when you're creating these things. If you put something that can be attacked, it will be. Right. But it should be, too, because if it's there, it's there to be involved in the story. Mm Right. Maybe it's not even attacked. Maybe it's just. Or maybe
2: they, I I once ran a scene for someone who had written me out his history. Right. And in his history, he had a mom and a sister, Mm -hmm. you know, and he made this big deal about it, you know, how much his mom and his sister were proud of him and, and all that. And so I had them show up sure and he flipped out because he never thought i would do something like that and they were like we're here to see our boy That's you know great. and and eventually they became eventually they became part of the game as a whole not just for that character but for all of the characters and so when you make a history your history is going to affect every other character in that game
3: Especially if your storyteller really knows what he's doing.
2: Yeah.
0: And especially if you're in a tabletop game, because there's only five or six of you. Yeah.
3: Well, I played in a LARP several years ago called Covenant, and one of the coolest things that the guy who was running it did, him and uh, his wife at the time, they took everybody's backstory, and first of all, they read it, which... Please do that if people have backstories read them. Yeah, I think it's important to note for storytellers
0: that these things only work if you do your part as well. Yes,
3: yeah. But that's a whole other topic. <laughs> but one of the things that they did that was amazing is everybody made up these little cities and villages that they were from. Like, no one even asked them to. It was like, turning a character history. Here's what this area's like. And they say, well, my character's from uh, Longbottom. So when the big map for the game come out in year two... Every single place that anybody mentioned, even in passing, in their backstory, was in the uh, character history. Oh, that's I mean, great. it was on the map. And so it became part of the larger game, and everybody yeah. felt more invested, because everything that they cared about was represented.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and that's important. You have to, as a, as a game runner, you have to listen to your players and make sure that they understand that they are part of the world.
0: Well, I can do that entire podcast episode in one sentence. So this is the podcast episode about storytellers and why you should read your your, your players' histories. Are you ready? hmm
2: mm-hmm.
0: Your players are invested enough in your game to have written a page about what their character's history was. So you should be invested enough in your game to read it.
1: Right. Yep.
3: And every one of those characters... No, the podcast episode's that over. That was it. It was, <laughs> that was, was over. It. It's fair. That was we're it. Done. So what's the... The other half of this <laughs> is, is that all those people made up a little city with people in it mm-hmm. that they were from. And they talked about... You know the river that run through Long Bottom and everything, and guess what? They cared about that place. Yeah, right. and because they cared about that place, it made other people motivated to care about them as well. Yeah.
0: The reality is, it's almost like rewarding your players' creativity. You're still oh yeah, about right. Another episode. Yeah, I am. <laughs> but but you know, like what you were saying though about how how everybody was more attached and and those things had more weight because they had created them, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm saying is your storyteller wasn't was rewarding your gaming group's creativity you created this little river running through that town and so he rewarded you by
3: having you guys have to cross it but if you don't do that work to begin with they don't have anything to work with
2: well they do but it won't be your stuff
3: absolutely you're right you're right you know and then suddenly their own thing
2: well no or they're going to be running other players things and then you're going to feel like well man they're they're only do stuff for bob well, Bob turned in a really awesome history.
3: Who gave us a bunch of hooks?
2: Now, right. if if you're not good at writing histories, there are a lot of tools online. You know, you could just Google. Um, uh, there, there's like a 50 questions to help round oh, out my character. Cool. There's yeah. a bunch of different stuff.
0: Like I've that. got. I I've even I published a, a list of questions in the honor roll book. There you go. Written, so. Yeah, and yes.
2: and you know, like, there's a bunch of stuff that you can do. And you know, if you're unsure about like what kind of hooks to put in talk to your storytellers, talk to your game runners. You know, like if, if I've got, if I ever have a player that comes up to me and goes, I'm trying to make a history, but I want to be connected to someone as a storyteller. I will find someone to connect you to, Mm -hmm. you know,
0: I I think that writing a good history uh, has two different processes. And I think for me, okay, I think it's a chicken or the egg scenario that determines how I go about the history, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there are some games where I make the character sheet first and figure the character out later. Sure. Uh, maybe I'm joining an already running campaign,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: That you know, and so I just need to make a sheet real quick so I can get in and play with them tonight, and then I'll go home and and come up with where my character came from. And, and then there's when nothing
3: I sh- n- wrong with that, right?
0: No. And then there are other games where I'll come in with a history and then sit down with. The book and figure out. Okay, here's where my character's from. This is how it informs those mechanics. And and some people, not just game scenarios. Like for me, it depends on the scenario. If I'm joining a game, I'll just make the character first. If I'm, you know, planning to join the game, I'll come up with the history first. But for some people, you know, some people only work one way or the other. Which and there's nothing wrong with no, that. No, not all. at all. Um, with that being said, I think that we also have to to talk about that for a second. If you're building the mechanics first, if you're getting the character sheet first, then start by looking at the character sheet and thinking what events in in this sheet's
3: life would have informed these skills becoming knowledge. Right. And, and sometimes even if you want to make the character first, you see something really cool and you want it. So right. you have to, you, you add something and that's yeah. okay. I always think of
0: of Indiana Jones and the last crusade. Okay. Right.
3: Just because
2: it's a good, it's fun. No, it's that, good yeah. That, no, yeah. that was the end
0: of my story. Yeah. Okay. Let's, <laughs> no, but I think about that movie about how, like, what are the things that make Indiana Jones iconic? He uses a whip. Mm-hmm. He wears a hat and he's afraid of snakes. And he believes that, uh, artifacts belong in museums. These mm-hmm. are like the iconic things about him. And when you watch Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade, they have that opening sequence with with River Phoenix Mm -hmm. where they show what caused all of those beliefs.
2: Yeah, like all at the same time. And
0: regardless, you know, this is a whole other thing. I I know what
2: he's going to say. I hate that (laughs) sequence
0: because I feel like it undoes everything that Temple of Doom sets up. Because Temple of Doom is a
3: prequel that actually explains those things. But to be fair... It's traditional in Indiana Jones movies to make the other movies less valuable.
0: Right. That's true. Yes. That's true. So, but all (laughs) of this is to say, though, that, that you can look at your character sheet in the same manner. I took on my character sheet that I'm afraid of snakes. Why did that happen? Well, when I was a kid, I fell into a big vat of snakes in a circus car. So, here's something that (laughs) i Indiana Jones, much like role-playing game plots,
3: always sounds ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) when just being talked about. (laughs) So, something I've started embracing the last few years is writing a list. Because my prose may be fine, but ultimately, I'm not about telling my storyteller a cool short story. What (laughs) I really want to do is communicate all this information... The important things. In a a curse... Easy to read, easy to look up, easy to remember fashion. And,
0: you know, most storytellers don't want to read your short story.
2: Well, that's because they're never short. Or good. You know, like, they're always like, I wrote you a history. Here's 30 pages. Do not do that to your game runner.
0: Because none of us are as good an author as we think we are.
3: I'm going to put this out here. One time I read one. It was about five or six pages long. And it was amazing. It was Mm -hmm. a great short story. You're welcome. No. Oh. oh, I thought... Oh. Yours was pretty good, but it was only a page <laughs> and a half.
0: I, honestly, I have always tried to keep my character histories to one page.
3: Well, I'm going to tell you something, though. That character was almost never in play. She was a much better writer than she was a role player.
2: That happens in Mushes all the time. Like she came up with some really cool
3: ideas, but unless someone's there to execute them, I was much more invested in the players who attended regularly and had really short uh, character histories. Mm -hmm. Right. Because then those character histories could actually be expressed in play. I think it's important to remember that as a player, when you write
0: a character history, you're really not writing that for you. You're really writing that for your storyteller to use as a tool to impact the rest of your group. And, and how for everybody they, to share, and how they interact with your character, mm-hmm. and so if you're too like if you're too specific, you give the storyteller nothing to work with, no wiggle room, no wiggle room. And if you are um, like a, as a as a storyteller, I'd rather you hand me nine bullet points than nine pages of prose. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You're going to get my attention way more,
3: especially if they're good, like good hooks. Here's something to do with my character that I
2: want to well, be do. but but they don't always have to be that detailed. Like like in a in, in like, I'm gonna keep going back to sure. mush for a second. Oh well, you are a mush. In in a mush, when um, like I have two brothers and a sister. Mm-hmm. You don't don't name them. Don't give me their ages. You know, like you oh, can say interesting because then if someone wants to play them, it's locked in. It, yeah, like, you know, well, you have to play Jenny, and she's, you know, 27.
0: Okay. Because it says so in my And history. her favorite food is macaroni and cheese. Yeah, and no. And she likes I, to sew. Yeah, and no, li- no, no, no. First of all, it's creepy that you've obsessed about your character so much that you know that much about your sister. <laughs> right? It's probably
3: unhealthy. It could be. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> Maybe but, you want to be a writer, not a role player. That's a different right. thing, and that's fine. Yeah. And,
0: and so, you know, but... Some a little specific's okay, like it's yeah. okay to say, my character's the youngest, yeah, so my siblings are all older,
2: or even like the the order of the siblings is fine, you know those those things are all fine, but I'm just saying when you when you lock in everything about your character's history that hard it you know i I as a game runner, can't run them as n p c s as well as you have in your head. Right. Which
3: means you're always going to be disappointed. Right. Because
0: as a storyteller, you're always doing it wrong.
2: Yes. And that's not fair to your game runner. And that's not really fair to you. I like the...
3: uh, One of the the cool things I like about Powered by the Apocalypse games is that they encourage people to basically have broad outlines for their character histories. Right. And then as time goes on, when it's important, they add it. Now, you have to have that skeleton to hang it on. Mm -hmm. I am this person... And I know these things about myself. And so as time goes on, oh, well, it would make sense for my uncle to have come from this area. Right. Because everybody knows that I know a bunch about this place. And that's right. why. You know, a great history
0: building exercise. One of the, the most uh, educational things you can do. Like if you really want to learn how to write a good history and how to not write a too good history, Mm -hmm. is create a character and have that character be directly related strongly to another person in the party. So like, Jason, you and I are going to make brothers. Mm -hmm. There's four years of age between us, so we grew up together and we have all of these things. And you and I agree to yes and our histories. Oh, I love that. Yes. And so in play, you just say... And, and actually, the truth is, you do this a lot with like, oh, because we are sure. characters are in pa- a pack together. And you'll just be like, oh, well, this is like that time you ate that bubble gum when I told you just to chew it. <laughs> right. And, and I'll just look at you and go, what? It was delicious. Even if I was pooping pink for two days or whatever. Like, you know, we're and that we're means you left silly. room in your history for that sort of improvisation. Right. That
3: makes the game fun in the moment. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The, the whole yes and thing is, is obviously a great improv tactic, but... It's perfect for any role playing as well. And if you do this as an exercise where I'm going to agree to make a character connected to another person's in the party and then allow us to build it together as conversations happen, you're going to learn a lot about how to have a fully fleshed out history
3: that isn't so fully fleshed out that it's inflexible.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: Have you ever heard of the technique where somebody goes, do you remember the time that we were in Paris? Ah, Paris. And then what you have to, you get to in that moment decide, do I remember this time we were in Paris? Were we in Paris together? And You can either say, I I don't remember ever going to Paris. Maybe you're thinking of someone else. Or you can be like, oh, yes, Paris. We fought those damn musketeers. (sighs) It's like in the Avengers movies with...
0: uh, um, Black Widow. With Black Widow. And, well, no, I, I wanted <laughs> to call her Scarlet because that's... <laughs> yes, I almost did too. <laughs> yeah, with Hawkeye and Black Widow, where they, they talk about Budapest. Yeah. Right? She's like, this is just like in Budapest. And he says... You, you and, and I, I remember, remember Budapest very differently. <laughs> right. You know what? The guys who wrote... The, the folks who wrote that script... They don't know what happened in nope. Budapest.
2: And I hope they never tell us. And no, no, I don't, don't want to know.
0: The rest of us don't need to know what happened in Budapest, but that's like the most ultimate yes and gaming moment mm-hmm. ever. One character looks at the other and says, this is just like in Budapest. And mm-hmm. the other one just yes ands. Fills it in. and And that's a great exercise in, it'll help you really kind of, come to terms with uh, figuring out what are the kinds of things that are important to lock into stone and what are the kind of things that actually don't matter.
2: All right, I would like to address though because I know we have listeners who go, yes, but I know the other players in my group or whatever and I don't trust them.
3: Those players are depriving themselves of a potentially good time.
2: No, and I agree with that. But I hear that a lot, especially in mush.
0: I think it's important to note that when you say that I don't trust someone, that it's actually a two directions. It's actually two directions at play. Right. So, what when you say I don't, I don't trust you, Carrie? Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, you have role played in some manner that has made me concerned that you won't do something that I like with my character. Right.
1: But it also
0: means that I am refusing to give you an opportunity to prove me wrong. Right. Trust enables risk. That's right. Take a a minute and trust your fellow players. Take the risk and see what happens. And if you can say, well, I've been burned in the past. Well, guess what? We've all been burned in the past and it's just a character. Yes.
3: My take on it is this. You're not having a good time now, probably. (laughs) If you don't open yourself up, you're definitely going to continue the bad time you're having currently if you open yourself up and you get burnt and you realize these people aren't fun to play with then you can leave so well, the, the other thing is the beauty of yes and is that
0: yes and doesn't always require a full agreeance and by that i mean this jason says to me well this is just like that time in budapest well yes and Technically, yes, and would be, yeah, and as you'll recall in Budapest, everything worked out just great. <laughs> That's technically yeah. yes, and Actually, uh, Hawkeye did a yes, but, actually. Mm-hmm. Which like, is okay. He, he, he said yes, and it was nothing like you're saying it. <laughs> yeah, liar so face. So he agreed while totally disagreeing with him. And you can you can what I'm getting at is you can do that if I don't trust Jason mm-hmm. to do the right thing with with me to yes and when Jason yes ands me, if he yes hands me back with something that I don't like, I can shift it
1: because mm-hmm.
0: right. I have that narrative power. He can say he can say, "This is just like Budapest." and I can look back at him and say, "It wasn't Budapest, it was
3: France, but it's very similar. I heard a, a great interview about doing improv and it talked about how, you know, you have set your scene up and then things are going well and then that one dude runs on and he's being crazy. Like, yeah. I'm going to be a dinosaur. And he's roaring and he's the like, rest we're of you are in a hospital. Pro- right. Yeah. So, he says, you walk over to that guy and you take the mask off and you go, "Okay. Whew. You were a great dinosaur, but we need you to get in here, doctor." So, you've yes and them, you haven't ignored what they've done, Yeah. but you've turned it around so that it's useful to you and to the scene. And the beauty is you can always step out
0: of character for a second, too, and just be like, I'm kind of, that's not really where I want to go with this, so so
3: let me, let me move it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or and be guess, like, hey, man, this is the sort of thing that I'm interested in. Right.
0: Yeah, it's as simple as just stepping out of character for a second and going, hey, just FYI, my character would have never went to Budapest because she doesn't have, she's never had a... Uh, passport before, Right so I'm gonna be like, right. no, 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 no! It wasn't Budapest; it was Ohio. <laughs> but but and I just need you to very be like, similar, and I just need you to be like, oh yeah, Budapest was Bob, but don't take that too far. Right. Be willing to go ahead and take the risk, like you said. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we're gonna take just a second to do one of our, one of
3: our, one of our commercials,
0: advertisement Yay!
3: exchange. At least it's a cool podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Remember all the cool movies, TV shows, comic books, games, and toys from the 70s and 80s? How about classic science fiction and fantasy novels? Then buckle up for Starpod Log—all the cool stuff from yesteryear in one fantastic podcast. Join our Starpod Log group page on Facebook and check us out on iTunes. Starpod Log—the science fiction and fantasy magazine for your ears.
0: We are back. That was exciting.
3: Man, that is the best spot we've ever played. No. Second. It is definitely thir- one of the top two. It's one of the top two we've Advertisements played. we've ever traded with. <laughs> uh, And you know what? It is a good one. <laughs> so I, we talked a lot about what Carrie's done, and in the past we've talked a lot about uh, characters that me and Carrie play that were related. Mm-hmm. So what's something that you do in your backstories to make them compelling? I think that Batman. Uh, well, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I think that it's important to take this moment to note that tropes are important and are yes. not always a bad thing.
2: No, absolutely, absolutely.
3: Tropes exist because they work, mm-hmm. and, and even lampshading that trope is still playing a trope.
0: That's right, and that's okay. And so sometimes, if you're like, "Wow, I want to," I've got this character that I don't know what to do with, but it's a western go to the tv tropes page or whatever your favorite tropes wiki is and and look up cowboy tropes and maybe you'll find one that's like oh that looks fun i could or yeah. steal pieces take mm-hmm. pieces of a couple and put them together maybe in a new interesting way you know cuz like i said tropes exist for a reason and so i think that sometimes i mean that i i once had a character that was totally batman mm-hmm. and i didn't realize it for years, and then one, and Carrie was like, what well, was like that time that you played that character that that was basically Batman," and she was complimenting me on <laughs> taking the Batman trope and and making it his it, own and yeah. playing it so well, and mm-hmm. and I was like. It was Batman? Yeah. You, right. Well, no, at first you were like, how dare you? <laughs> I was insulted. No, I created this tale Table of a young man flipped. whose parents were killed violently. In
1: an alley. On the way home
0: from a movie
2: theater. <laughs> what? I was like, the oh, only no. thing you were missing were the pearls.
0: Right? <laughs> but, but the point is that tropes are tropes because they're good. Mm-hmm. They work. You don't don't have to – role-playing games are not – you're not competing for a Pulitzer. You know what I mean? But you know what? The best
3: writers embrace tropes and use them. Mm -hmm. That's right. Tropes are fun. And that's what we're here for, is to have a good time. That's right. Because yeah. the only way I win a role-playing game is to have fun. I was going to say
2: play a trophy. Why did you yeah. suddenly become like a 1920s soda jerk? What was that? Know. I don't even, even think soda funny. jerks are
0: yeah, 1920s, but... It's a role-playing game, see? And we're going to have fun.
3: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So what's So uh, what's a thing that you've done in the past to make a character interesting, other than be Batman? Well, I mean, like I said, I think that embracing
0: tropes are, are great. I think sometimes take... Uh, you know, we talked about this idea that in tabletop, you are typically playing the exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. Right. And in LARPs and LARPs, you should typically be playing the rule. And then in uh, Mushes, you play something in the middle. Yeah. Right. You,
2: you have a little bit of
0: something special and a little something normal. And and so I think that the trick is to embrace those, those things. You know, like if you're playing uh, in a tabletop game, if you're playing a, a barbarian, then make him. Love planting and snipping flowers.
3: Something different. Something different.
0: Embrace that. Right. Right. You know, take what your take what it is. Take what your character is, and consider having parts of him or her that are uh, the flipped, the flip side. Of Build a trope, yeah.
3: but then tweak it a little.
0: Right. Right. Um, and I think that that there's also something to be said about being all in on whatever it is. Oh, absolutely. You know, just go all in. And part of going all in, and and we're broaching mechanics here for a second, but part of going all in is accepting that those historical elements of your character sometimes have mechanical uh, repercussions.
3: And you should be willing to lean into that. Yes.
2: I'm going to talk a little mechanics for a second, um, but I don't mean it... Actually, mechanic-wise, okay, uh, a character's merits and flaws, mm-hmm. a character's quirks, those those things that uh, the background. might the background, you know, the things that tweak a character. You know, like my character has perfect hair always, or, a, or whatever. A great it example
0: is. is many many game systems have mechanics for having a character who
2: has a phobia or nightmares. Right. Use that if if you have a phobia of spiders, like. Be you afraid have, of spiders? You you have an entire history right. right there. The reality
0: is, in real life, phobias don't really come from necessarily from a place. I'm, I have a phobia of of snakes. I've never had a bad experience with a snake, mm-hmm. I, right? But in a story, that that comes from a, a place, yes. uh, some something sort of
3: happened, place
0: of great emotion.
3: Something that seems a little on the nose is probably a better choice than something that is incredibly subtle because you have to express it in play or it was a waste of paper. But it doesn't have to be trauma. No, it could be anything. Right. I am deathly afraid of snakes
0: because my dad was a snake salesman who traveled (laughs) door to door selling snakes. And And you don't want to be your father. And and I don't want to be
3: my father. So I don't want to be anywhere near a snake. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's why I'm afraid of briefcases. Really? Well, yeah. I was thrown into a river in one once. But that's, that's totally different. Other, right. That's a different thing. That's yeah. another story. Hmm. Hmm. So, hmm. what else have you done to make characters interesting in their histories? Nothing really. I mean, that's kind of that's it. That's, that's all you do.
0: He's no, only
2: played Batman. I think He's the only other played
0: Batman. Another another thing to consider is is looking at the books of your game system mm-hmm. and look for those little one off toss away sentences uh because a lot of times especially in a tabletop game where you want to kind of be an exception to the rules mm-hmm. you'll find them in the book mm-hmm. i had an avarial elf once that's an elf that had wings and there is in like one book that's not even the book that's about averials there was a single sentence in one book that said something like you know and and that was the first time they'd ever seen an Avarial that that didn't have white wings Right, and I thought, oh, I can have an avarial an avarial elf and give him a different colored wings. Right? Why would his wings be different? And then I ended up coming up with this whole thing where I had—I ac- don't remember exactly. It's been a while, but like I think I had accidentally caused the death of this evil wizard's daughter or something and so he so marked me cursed by by using a spell to change the color of my wings so that everyone would know that I was some some sort of pariah or something hot right pink what's that hot pink hot pink <laughs> that was now the they, curse. Were, they were black but of but the point is though the point is that that sometimes it's a little sentence that means nothing that was right. just a toss away in the book, but you could grab something and really latch onto it and make your character out of it. And just build a bunch off right? of it. Right? Because yeah. suddenly my whole character was, it now has this history of being, uh, you know, being stared at mm-hmm. when he's in his own home city because his wings are different, you know, or or people mistaken him, you know, well, that's not nevarial. What is that? Mm-hmm. You know, is that some sort of demonic angel or something? Like there are, all of these other kind of options for for stories from the past and the present as the game goes on that exist simply because I found this one sentence that didn't even explain why something happened. You know, the sentence almost read like maybe there was just uh, an elf that was born with a birth defect and it was that the wing was gray instead of white. Right. You know, I mean, it, it was yeah. that throwaway.
3: Yeah. But I think you need to be careful that you don't go too far that the other characters can't relate to what's going on if they have no idea, for example, what that that matters to a varial elves in some way they either need to learn or it needs to be something that they understand like if you're a dwarf with no beard everybody gets that is, wouldn't that just be a female dwarf no, no. female dwarves have, have beard everybody know. knows that I know 50% of a dwarven mating ritual is subtly asking hey are you the kind of person that I'm into <laughs> 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 do you have the genitalia that I like right yeah, so Probably closer I, to seventy five percent.
1: So I do. think that
0: I think that looking for looking for little little cues that you can take from a book.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
0: looking for tropes that you can embrace. Mm-hmm. Those things are great. Uh, I think sometimes it can be as simplistic as just flipping pages in the book and looking at at skills or unusual um, specialties or specializations. or even
2: the art. Yeah, in the book can right. be inspiring.
3: I, I read an article about uh, where this author was talking about how they created characters, and one of the things that they always did was they would cast that character as an actor that they liked. Right. And mm-hmm. they said that by the time they got done writing it, no one would ever know. Right. And so there's something to that. If there is a, a a way that a person plays a character that you like that's in a movie or in a book or something, by the time you interpret it, as long as you're not like doing a really obvious John Wayne accent or something, then... It will be different. It's acceptable to do that sort of thing. Right.
2: That happens. That happens in much all the time. Everybody someone, casts
3: their characters. Well, n-
2: not only that, but they'll say, "But I want it, this character's basic, gonna be, basically going to be Sherlock." Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do these things differently. Oh, You're that's right? cool. You know, and that's oh, okay.
0: for decades, every action movie in Hollywood was pitched as, "Well, it's called Speed. It's Die Hard on a bus." <laughs> <laughs> like every single every single action movie was pitched as Die Hard in a location right but it immediately tells you exactly what's happening right Mm -hmm. and you know what speed's really good and there's nothing
2: (laughs) there's nothing wrong with shoot the (laughs) hostage
0: but there's nothing wrong with that sort of approach when you're thinking of your character well he's you know I'm kind of playing a a John Wayne except instead of being a cowboy he's a ranger
3: right so you're like oh okay I get it well
0: hey there Mr. Adventurer (laughs) maybe we should go kill some kobolds (laughs) 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 but the point is though it can help you immediately grasp quickly what this character is like and then you need to ask yourself if this is what the character is like now what made him that way what made her now you can build
3: a background around that and you'll find something in there that by the time you're done and bring it back around they won't be john wayne anymore right they'll be your guy who's inspired by john wayne and that's way better and that's way better. I would, another article I read about this musician who's like, "Hey, everybody who's making music is doing their version of something else, and right. it, it's something new when they get done doing their version of it." Yeah. The the other thing
0: that I would say is that uh, there are some there are some great tools for storytelling that people can become familiarized. For with. example, your book. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, what I was I was actually going to suggest though, like. Uh, uh, Campbell's, you know, myths and legends theories, you know, uh, oh, I love those books. And, and if, if you consider your character is in the middle of their journey because they're joining a party, an adventuring right. party, right? So think about the things that make a character get to that point in their life.
3: Why did this person go out in they the middle? They
0: typically of- had a, uh, an ordinary world, Right. What was right. what was the first, you know, the farm that they grew up on or whatever? So they have an ordinary world. They typically experience some sort of call to adventure, the thing that makes them leave the farm.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: They typically experience uh, some sort of um, – uh, I, I don't remember what it's called in the myths thing, but they, they have a refu- – it's a refusal of the call. Right. There's that moment where they go – Oh, but if they followed the droids back here to the Jawas, then that would lead them back home to <gasps> oh. Baru and Aunt May. Yeah, or Aunt Baru and Uncle Owen. And so I said Baru and May, like Aunt yes. May. Yeah, you could, yeah. Right? You're all just
3: mixed like, up. But all the aunts and uncles. It's the that moment. Uncle. It's hmm. that moment where Luke Spider-Man, but it's in Star Wars. Right. But it's the moment. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> new thing. But it's the moment
0: where Luke, where Luke goes. Wait, I can't go to Alderaan and learn the ways of the Force. I gotta go check on Aunt.
3: aunt Beru I gotta and take uncle care Owen. of my family. Right?
0: There's a refusal of the call. Something makes them reconsider it. But then eventually they go and they have probably met a mentor along the way. Mm-hmm. Like those are kind of the key elements of a of of an adventurer's history. So in a second we're going to I guess talk about now that you've got all of this history and stuff what what do you do with it? What's the purpose of it?
3: I've vomited on everybody around
0: me. But first Whoa. here's here's another special uh advertisement from the so other podcast cuz
2: woo! Yay!
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, podcasts are great. Everybody they should are. listen to a bunch of them. Yes. Like this one.
1: Space: The Final Frontier. Do you get excited just hearing those words? Then brace yourself for Starpod Star Pod Trek. Trek. News, reviews, interviews, comics, novels, toys, memorabilia and convention reports all in one fantastic podcast. Join our Star Pod Trek group page on Facebook and check us out on iTunes. Star Pod Trek celebrating Gene Roddenberry's vision of our future.
3: You've got your history all, all done. What do you do with it? I get it in play. Game. Cause there's no point in writing anything down that people aren't gonna find out about.
2: But that also doesn't mean walk into game and spew your entire history. Oh,
3: no, it's not first five minutes. stuff. Yeah, that, like, that's also the most frustrating thing. It can be. If too much, too fast yeah. can be a problem. Hello, everyone. I'm Bob, the adventurer.
0: When I was six. Yeah, no, no, mother- no. Right. It should feel organic. Yeah. The other thing is, remember that this game could go on for years. There could be stuff that your your party doesn't find out about for months. That's okay. Or even years. When we meet people, we don't introduce each other and say, hello, let me talk about the day I was born.
2: <laughs> so
3: this is weird, but something we talk about at work is...
2: The day you were born? Well,
3: I yes, once, but that's different. <laughs> I do know where I was conceived. I've been there.
2: That's creepy.
3: Yeah, my mom's weird like that. Okay. Uh, so anyway, one of the things we talk about at work is... I have a lot of questions. N- no. N- night shift secrets. Because what happens on Night Shift is, is that like three or four people will be stuck together basically in a huge empty place for sometimes months. And so what happens is, is that eventually most of the stuff that you have comes out. (laughs) Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is, but there are moments in game like that where you and another person are sitting there in a moment where there's nothing going on.
2: And or everything is going on and you feel a connection with this other character. Yes.
3: And so suddenly you feel like you want to unburden yourself just a little. And when you open that door, mm-hmm. they unburden themselves a little. Yeah. And sometimes by the end of the night, you've told your secrets. The other thing to consider
0: is that when someone's like, What is it with you and snakes?
3: Now's the moment. That's your opportunity. Yeah, instead of just going, (laughs) shut up. Nobody likes you. Uh. You know, and maybe the first couple of people you're like, I don't want to talk about it. But then one, be prepared one day when somebody says, what is it, man? We've got to get across all these snakes. And you'll be like, well, my dad used to sell snakes. And then
2: everyone will stop and go, what? (laughs) And, And that'll be a fun moment.
3: For them and you. Yes. Suddenly you're the center of attention. Right. Which is what I roleplay for. <laughs> a lot of people
0: roleplay for. There's nothing yeah. wrong with no, that. No, not at all. Uh, and and to uh, to storytellers, I would note that if somebody hands you a history and there is something on it that is absolutely not possible or not okay for your game, mm-hmm. talk to your player. But when you do so, have an option. Provide provide you know give them a no but. Yes. Like right? no you can't do this. They didn't sell snakes door to door. But they did sell spiders door to door. Maybe you could fear spiders or whatever, you know. Or have, maybe
2: your dad worked at a zoo or yeah. Have some options.
0: And to the players, I would say remember that you're telling your story together with the storyteller's story. Of the world. They right? need to mesh. They have yes. to mesh. And so if the storyteller comes to you, if the dungeon master says it just can't be like that, how about this? Be open to either accepting the alternative or maybe
2: countering with another option.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I have a story. Ooh. Is it about robots? But no, I wish I, I wish there were robots. This I think, one time at game. Yeah. yeah. I think I may have told this story before, so I'm going to keep it kind of shortened. Um, Back when I was running werewolf for a LARP, I had someone give me a history, and it was like five pages. Mm-hmm. And four out of those five pages had about every um bad thing that I won't run in my game. It was super rapey. It. Yeah, it was very rapey. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, was conceived by rape and then was raped and you know like and all these terrible things and I was like, whoa, no, no, this character is just too broken. And she desperately Wanted to roleplay being a survivor.
3: You said you could be a survivor without all
2: this. Well, it, but that's not what, and finally I had to say, all right, this is your history. It can't ever come into play. Ever. You can't talk about it. You can internalize it if you want, but you cannot say anything that happened in your history and I will never bring it up
0: because it cannot exist in this game openly
2: openly it can be it can be in your head and that is it if that is what you need to be able to play and have fun with this character and do whatever you want to do with this character fine like I mean and I went round and round with this player and mm-hmm. I want to
0: just say that you are far more giving than I would have been because right. I would have just said no
2: no we tried like there were tears from this player uh, you know, I, I think maybe they were working something out.
3: Isn't it crazy how powerful LARP is
2: for yeah. stuff like that? Yeah, we we gave her these parameters. You can she follow it? Yes, absolutely, and she loved her character. Okay, and everything was fine. So, I mean, you can have secret histories that you don't share with the rest of the game. But what i the, the reason I'm bringing this up is because you can do that. And not share any of your NPCs or any of your siblings with anyone else or, or any of your history if you don't trust anyone.
0: But it can make for a very lonely character.
2: But it's going to make for a lonely character and that character she would have had more fun.
3: Absolutely.
0: If
2: she had let us work with her.
3: There's no room for growth.
2: Yeah. There really was no growth lot. in that character. Well, you know, she was on else, her
3: all that stuff she wrote on her paper was for her alone. Right. Not anyone else got to enjoy any of that. Well, not that anyone would have enjoyed it that. Well, that's part of the problem. But, right. It's not something that other people wanted to play. It's why some games now ban topics like that. Yeah, yeah. Because and, they're and like, you can play a survivor, you survived getting in a car wreck, or you survived some other... Tra- you were abandoned as a child. Yeah. Right. It, there's plenty of other things.
2: But what I'm saying, though, is if you make a history that other people can't participate in, it you are eliminating yourself. You're Mm -hmm.
0: denying yourself the opportunity to interact with those the characters around you. Yeah.
2: And I think it's true
3: to say that they'll you'll miss them more than they'll miss you. Mm -hmm. Because if you're one person playing in a corner by
2: yourself people will come up to you a few times. Yeah. And then finally they'll quit. Because they've got other people that they are already connected to because they've had their histories open. Mm
3: -hmm. Right. It's uh, here's something that uh, when I was OST for uh, Vampire uh, we had several people who were diabolists, you know, that had, you know, devil stuff. That's really a big no-no in the Wah. society. And some of those stories were really great. A lot of them weren't. But what I would always tell those people is, hey, your story's only fun if you're going to get caught. Yep. Because any other story is at the end of the the arc... You stand up and say, ha ha, I fooled everybody. And that's fun for one person. Mm-hmm. Nobody else will care. Nobody will care. They'll be like, oh, you got us. Maybe.
0: Maybe, maybe. I also want to encourage people, think about the actual friendship you have in real life with your best friend.
3: If you spent months, years lying to them about what their character is in-game and out-of-game, what does that say? Well, I, I was going to say, when you think about your best friend...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Most people can trace back and recognize it, not a moment necessarily, but there was a thing that you bonded over, mm-hmm. right? Maybe it's game,
3: you sure. know, but like, I certainly I, have friends that that's true of. Right. But I
0: remember, I mean, like my best friend, Rob, I, I remember that specifically it was because one day after acting class, he said, I'm hungry. I'm going to go to the Chinese place. I don't want to go by myself. Do you want to go? And I barely knew him. And I was like, sure. And we went and we sat there for four hours talking about Star Wars. (laughs) That's that thing, that random weird thing on my real life character sheet. Like, Mm -hmm. I have lore, Star Wars. So I gave you something to talk about. And, And when I think about, like, that was my opportunity. He said, what do you like? And I said, Star Wars. I didn't say, well, I don't want to talk about it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. If I had said I don't want to talk about it, we'd have had we'd have finished our, you know, our orange It, it would have been a
2: twenty-minute lunch. And and I mean, we would live in Cleveland
3: now.
0: Right. That uh, is know, true too. <laughs> and so I, I encourage players to think about their characters that way a little bit too, because if you are in a party, an adventuring party, or or if it's werewolf, if you're in a pack, or if it's vampire, you're in a coterie, or whatever your game has if it's masks you're on a superhero team you've you've got mm-hmm. you know there's a reason you're all together your characters need to bond and your history is an opportunity to make that bond an actual thing that can make your game way better because you're a party because it matters as opposed to because you're all there on Friday night yeah.
2: playing. We all just happen to go into the same tavern at the same time. Well, no,
0: I mean, more than that, so there are a lot of games where your your adventuring party is a party simply because you all play in the same game group right. every Friday night.
3: And it should be yeah. more. And this, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and wouldn't it be better if instead of having the out-of-character reason of, well, that's the group I play with, wouldn't it be better if the reason you were in the party was because your character and and others in the party
3: we're, were connected. actually connected. And you know what? A lot of games are starting to embrace that and require... It's part of character creation. Yes. That you create the party as well. Right. We we're It's doing one of the that, things you're looking at in the gun balance. Yeah. We're, it's called creating a posse. Yes. And, that's and you know <laughs> what? Even the last time we played, all we really did was pick a reputation. Right. And just that one word meant that we all kind of knew something about each other. Exactly. Oh, we we act like this when right. we're together. And that's something. It's something. Yeah. What did you and Dakota do? We knew each other, so we were yes-ending all night. And it was always whatever ridiculous thing she said or I said, we just both went with. Yeah. And I want to note that Dakota is nine and was a ton of fun to play off of like that you never know what you're gonna get but it was it was usually good yeah because she doesn't restrict herself she's more worried about having a good time oh yeah than she is about winning and wouldn't it be great if we all were able to to do that
0: because what that means is at nine she recognizes that having a good time is how you win
3: and maybe that's something that we knew when we were kids playing pretend even cops and robbers and stuff like that if we weren't having fun if everybody wasn't having fun, none of us was having fun, really.
2: Yeah. And then you switched games.
3: Right? Well, yeah. you didn't play with those kids anymore. Yeah. Right. And it's better to go ahead and give it a shot and try to have a good time with everybody. I, I'm, I'm not even opposed, and I know we've talked on both sides of this before, if you have a huge dark secret that could destroy your character, t- tell people, and, but say, hey, this is the thing about my character that I'd like to come out eventually.
0: And
2: and you don't have to tell the whole dark secret. You don't have to tell the whole dark secret. And you can tell it
0: at a game.
1: Give little tidbits.
0: The other thing is, sometimes if if you have bonded with the rest of the party mm -hmm. about other things Mm -hmm. and saved each other's lives and you're all in, your dark secret can become the party's dark secret. It becomes cool. I'm not going to... Look... I'm not gonna let anybody find out about Carrie's demonic stuff from her history. Right. Because well, heck, she's in she's my packmate
3: now. Right. Sorry. We've got to help her. But we can't let the bad guys I yeah. mean, you know, the people who rightfully want to kill her right? get yeah. her. Yeah, <laughs> she's a demon, but she's my Whoa. demon. No, <laughs> You know, something Demoness. I know that we're we're getting a little close here, but something I wanna talk about is I know it's in your book and in your lecture when you do it, it's about if the other members of your party, or even in your game, if it's like LARP, uh, and I assume to a certain extent in Mush, uh, are something that your character would hate, you should always find a way to embrace that one version in some fashion. Your relationship can be antagonistic, but it doesn't have to be deadly. It doesn't have to be constantly screaming at them and excluding them. Yeah. Your antagonism should include them more than it. Excludes them. This comes from the what Jason's talking about is this
0: idea that, for example, if I make a character who has a a death wish on all elves, and we've talked about this before, but it's really important. My my character will kill every elf he sees, and then I join the the gaming group, and the whole party is elves. It's not their job to get me in line. It's my job to figure out what is the reason that my character tolerates these elves. And no other. What right. can I do to make this whole thing fun for all of us? Even yeah. if it's, I'm just not going to kill them until after we've all worked together to slay the dragon. Because I can't do it by myself, so I'm just using them. Right. And then over the course of the next few months as the game progresses, you know, that gives them the opportunity to role play, like, my character bonding with them. And maybe discovering, okay, well, I'm going to kill every elf except these guys because it turns out they're all right. Yeah. Right. And then it's suddenly a story. It's character development.
2: Right. Um, I, I was in a... I so actually have role-played something like that before on one of the mushes. Um, yes. I, played a, I play a character who... Um, Hates demons. Ironically, <laughs> is it
3: the, <laughs> the supernatural just, like, one or the superhero one? It's the
2: superhero one. Oh, cool! because um, I know there's some demon players, right? There are, but they came in after I made my character, oh, okay. right? So, like, I had established I hate demons, uh, bruh, uh, right? and, I was, and then like all these demon like students showed up, and I was like, oh shoot, how do I deal with this? Because I didn't want to be jerks to the players, but, but you like I want to role
3: play. But your I wanted to too. role play
2: what I had written, so I. I actually ended up uh having my character become terrified of them. And, Ooh. and so instead of She so kind of changed the reason why you hated them? Well, yeah, like or my reaction to them. He hated them, but he hated them because he was so afraid. Mhm. One of the the characters only played twice and then never played again, so sure. it wasn't a big deal. And then another one like he was really upset, like he wanted to but then for a while Embraced it and like trying to scare my character, Thund which was, is fun role play. Which was fun role play on both of us, and and then suddenly he flipped out and was very upset that I didn't like him. But so I don't know what was. Up well, with it that. is a teenage drama. It was a teen drama, so you know that could just have been it. But was he pulling? No, oh, was he pulling your
3: pigtails? No, boys can have pigtails. I'm just no. going to put that out.
0: Here. It, it um, may be possible that that. You and this other player weren't communicating well enough out of character, right. about that dynamic,
2: right? Yeah, and that—that's really important in a mush too, and LARP, I would say, and story, and, and tabletop. yeah, and tabletop. But 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 I meant to say though was um, you don't always have to just begrudgingly be okay if yes. it's in your history already. You know, sometimes role playing being afraid, you could you can be as long as you're not aggressive. You can, you can make it work.
3: Yes. There's more than one way to do yes, that. Yes, absolutely. Especially if you work with them.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And be aware that most people are going to have fun at the game if, especially tabletop, if the story's progressing, if right. you're not just throwing Roblox up all the time. Right. Well, I hate you guys, so we're not going to do this. What you can't do is be completely inflexible to ever
0: addressing the fact that you hate demons.
3: Right. right. That's... You don't have to change the very first time it comes up.
2: Right, yeah. But you it's cannot slump, be inflexible. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah. You have to make it fun. It has to be fun for everybody. Because that's the only way to win, see? That's the only way to win. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, let's go to Game Rap. Welcome to the end friendly friend <laughs> it's true all right so it's game wrap time before we go i just want to let folks know that we would love it if you would go leave us a review on itunes or stitcher or spotify but mostly itunes well,
2: that'd be uh, swell.
0: we're in all of those places if you've not figured that out already you can also find us on our website at honorrollpodcast.com and on twitter at honorrollpodcast we're also on facebook and we can be reached by email at hosts at honorrollpodcast.com. Like a snake. Yeah. That's right. And finally, of course, we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash honorrollpodcast. So, let's give some experience points out. Jason, you get 16 XP because Ooh. not only did you bother to show right. up this week, but you That's also bad. you also found yourself contributing a moderate
3: amount of semi-useful information. That's a nice change. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It,
3: we thought so, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found that the trick was to keep you from talking and let Carrie talk for a while, and then I respond to that. Oh. Fascinating. Yeah. Oh. Carrie, you got 20 XP.
0: What? Because Jason let you talk. And for the first oh, time. Oh, wow. Oh, Thank I like, you. Oh, wow. She does have something oh. to contribute to this podcast. <laughs> Thank what? you, Jason, for what?
1: giving her
2: the space. The That's hell. right. I am going to leave this podcast and start my own that you'll have to edit. <laughs> What if
3: we get a good editor instead? Well,
2: you know.
3: Oh, my. Uh, hmm. All
0: right. Well, join us next week when our conversation will be examining the mechanical advantages and disadvantages of Linus's blanket.
2: Oh,
0: it's, I like it.
3: It's going to be a good one. It's a finish, yeah. right? Oh, not the werewolf! Whoa, you know whoa, saying?
2: no, I yeah. am
3: not going to be part of
0: this. Until next time. Remember, the only way to win a role playing
3: game is to have fun. It's
1: to have mm-hmm. a
2: blanket.
3: Why? What? Blanket. I'm just saying, he rubs that on his face.
1: Leave oh my lot. gosh. Leave, do not a be a
3: lot.
2: creeper.
3: He's the one being creepy. You
2: are being creepy.
0: Those who are here on the podcast and nobody else. All of the music is courtesy of Kevin
1: McLeod at incompetech.com.